What's up, everybody? It's Friday. Hey, it's Friday. Hey, yeah, you know what it is. We over here session on Candace's session Fridays. And this week, or we have the lovely, we're going to get educated today, people, okay? <laughs> we have the lovely Kushners over there. Sandra, how are you doing today, beautiful? I'm awesome. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited Thank to be here. Thank you for blessing us. She's yes. getting ready to drop some gems. So y'all about to pull up your favorite. Um, and the favorite music. The intro, yes. now I feel like, hey, yes. hey, 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 hey. So for those of you for the first time, give them who you are and tell them what, is that, what are you, that you do. Sure. So my name is Sandra Gwines. I am known as the Kush Nurse. I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for 17 years. I've mostly worked with moms, babies, and then people with chronic conditions. And then I kind of pivoted that into cannabis because I became a cannabis patient and I realized that as a nurse, I knew absolutely nothing about cannabis. Um, it wasn't anything I was taught in school. It wasn't anything that I could talk to anybody about in my circle, especially not my colleagues, because they were like, cannabis is a, a street drug. Um, <clears throat> and so on my own cannabis journey, I realized like, oh my gosh, there's so much research, there's so much data. And I ended up you know, basically jumping off a cliff into <laughs> the world of cannabis. Um, and I'm so glad I made this transition. So on a day-to-day, -day, I see patients ranging from um, pregnant patients, patients going through postpartum depression, um, and then not pregnant patients who are going through depression, anxiety, chronic pain, and then some chronic conditions. And just working with them to help them navigate cannabis, whether it's understanding what strains and what terpenes and what are the benefits of different cannabinoids to just understanding that there's other things you can do with your cannabis that can really help you get healthier, um, live a better lifestyle, treat your pain and conditions. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to smoke and that's the answer. Um, but we know that, you know, I always tell people the cannabis is a gateway to a better life. Cannabis can be a gateway to better health, but you have to have other tools in there as well with your cannabis. So that's really what I'm about. Um, and I'm excited to be here and talk to y'all. No problem. Well, let me first by saying thank you for your services because you are a nurse. So thank yes, you. Thank you. You know what I mean? I know the last two years probably been a little whirlwind for you for some changes going on with the COVID and stuff like that. What made you choose a cannabis-based career path with health in the community with health healing? What made you choose that path? Um, so the biggest thing was I would go to my traditional nursing job um, and I was using cannabis at the time and I felt like I couldn't speak about my truth. I felt like I was hiding, like I'm going to work every day. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was having chronic pain, but I couldn't talk to anybody about what I was experiencing because all they knew was the standard medications that, you know, that were given 
you know, pharmacological stuff. And I was like, okay, well, there's other things other than pharmaceuticals that I can use. Like there's all these other natural things that are out there. Um, and I remember I was having this terrible migraine at work. This woman came up to me and she did healing touch, which is basically like they use, um, you know, they touch different parts of your body and they use energy to kind of move your pain or your discomforts away. And I was like, how does this actually work? Um, and in that process, it just made me realize like, I want to dig deeper into natural alternatives. Okay. I want to dig deeper into, you know, how can I heal myself without going this path of all these, you know, pharmaceuticals, because I was taking something for pain, something for depression, um, something to help me with focusing because I was like, my, my mind was wandering all over the place. Um, and then, you know, every minute of the day, I felt like I needed to medicate with something and it all felt terrible. Um, I started medicating with pharmaceuticals. My doctor put me on uh, medication because I was having postpartum depression. Well, my daughter at this point was two, more than two years old and I was still having postpartum depression. And so I felt like, how long does this last? How long am I going to be in this stage? And it was affecting my marriage, you know, my relationship with my daughter, you know, just everything, my work, everything. It ruled everything. Um, and I would go to work. And I would talk to, you know, people at work about what I was experiencing. And they all told me the same things, you know, oh, get, you know, some Zoloft and get this. And I was like, okay. And I do feel there's benefits in pharmaceutical drugs. But for me, I felt like the side effects weren't, the side effects weren't great enough, you know, were too bad for me to experience the benefits. Like if I'm crashing, if I'm um, raging, like some of the medication I was taking, they gave me Adderall because they said that would help me with focusing. Well, at the end of the, the, the Adderall, like the time frame of it working in my body, once it would wear off, it's like I would just crash hard to the point where I couldn't even care for my child. So I'm like, this is dangerous. You know, this medication is not helping. Um, I looked into CBD because someone had told me about it. And to be honest with you, I thought I could just find like a bomb or something and just rub it on myself and it was going to cure my <laughs> depression. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to just bathe in this CBD bomb <laughs> and I'm going to be good. Okay. Skin was and, glowing though. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously. So I was on this path of like, you know, trying different things. I went to like our local um, Whole Foods kind of place sprouts here. And I bought like a bomb. I remember the lady was like, if you want to try this tincture, she's like, put it, you know, take it now, walk around the store, see how you feel. And maybe this is the right one for you, which that is like the worst advice ever, because she doesn't know how long it's going to take for that to metabolize in my body and for me to feel the effects. Like, I'm like, I'm in the grocery store. It was just not, it wasn't like, you know, but I didn't know anything. And I trusted this person that worked at the grocery store, little right. health counter, because I was desperate. And this is pretty much every single patient that comes to me is desperate. And so I was desperate at that point. I'm like, what can I do? And then the CBD did work. <laughs> the bomb okay. didn't work for my back pain. And I was like, man, this stuff it works. So I was like, you know what? There's something to this. So I remember my, I gave my sister some of this bomb and she was like, man, this works. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about CBD. Let's see what this <laughs> is. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna do a deep dive. And then what happened was that I started looking up more CBD stuff. And then I started, you know, CBD leads you to cannabis and I'm in I California know. and I'm like, well, there's dispensaries everywhere. There's billboards everywhere. Like cannabis is a thing, you know? So, but it wasn't my thing. I was a wine mom. You know, like, I'm like, I drink wine, 
you know, I have my margaritas, like that's my right. <laughs> drug of choice. Um, right. You know, that was what I did when I was, you know, out like for recreation and pleasure. I never thought of cannabis to use cannabis. Now I grew up in the Bronx and weed was everywhere and I definitely knew what it was and I shouldn't use it. That's basically the, you know, that's what I was taught since I was small. Like, you know, this weed, is your brain weed and crack is the same. Yeah. <laughs> So trying to get, trying to even access cannabis. Now I'm in California. It's legal. They have delivery and everything. But for me, it was, it was a whole mental shift. Cause I was like, I'm not going to dispensary. Mm -mm. Dispensary? Ooh, that's scary. I was like, I was like, oh, dispensary is a scary place. I don't know about that. And you know, and, and then I don't know anything. So as a nurse, Research is my, you know, that's like what we're taught. You research, you find your evidence based information, and that's how you make your decisions. So I'm like, okay. I need to research this to death before I go into this dispensary. Well, there was research, but it was all over the place. You ever did a search on cannabis? It's like 90% is bad and 10% has like good research, you know, like when you read these articles online, you know. Right. So I was like, I got to dive deeper. So in my dive deeper, I realized that. There was information out there. There were books, there were resources. And I'm like, wait a minute, I never heard of this. Like there's a text, you know, there's like actual concrete data out here. So that kind of made me more open to it. And because I saw that it was safe and I knew people who smoked weed and I knew people, you know, had consumed. So, and I knew they were okay. So in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to (laughs) die. So let's just go for it. Um, I didn't go to the dispensary. I called a delivery service. Um, and the lady was like, you know, what do you want? And I'm like, look, I don't know anything about cannabis. I don't know how to roll it. I don't have no tools. Okay. I don't know how to roll anything. I don't know how to roll a joint, a blunt or anything. I ain't got no pipe bong. I got nothing. Okay. So I need you to send me simplicity. And also I need you to send me something that's going to help with this, 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 and this. And she was like, okay. So we, you know, she talked to me for a few minutes. She said, I'm going to send you five pre-rolls. I'm going to label them all with what it is. And she literally did this. This is a small dispensary. So they do, you know, can do this kind of thing. Right. So she sent me these pre-rolls with like notes. And when the guy pulled up to my house with this brown bag of um, pre-rolls, I was like, oh my God, like my... I felt like my whole neighborhood was going to know like weed was being delivered to my house, you know, but that experience taught me everything I needed to know about cannabis. It taught me everything I needed to know about what people were experiencing because I'm not unique. Right. Right. I'm not unique. I'm, and, and I'm a pretty smart person, you know, I I, I know some things, you know, so I was like, okay, (laughs) I don't know these things. And there's other people out there that don't know this. There's other people who are going to feel this uncomfortable when somebody comes to their house. The man didn't have anything on him that said cannabis. The brown bag didn't say cannabis. It could have been DiGiorno delivery, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was nothing about this cannabis that was going to identify me as a consumer. However, it was terrifying for me. But that those five joints were like. It, it was just the best experience for me because even though I didn't like all five strains, 
I would smoke a joint, I would put my headphones on, and I would dictate what I was feeling into my computer, like journaling everything. Oh, wow. Like, okay. I'm like, okay, I just smoked this. Okay, so I'm feeling this. Okay, and that. And then I was having memories. And, you know, cannabis take you all kind of places. So I was, having, <laughs> I was like having memories. But these memories, these memories were what was attached to a lot of my anxiety and depression. They were past traumas that I had experienced that I had never had an opportunity to deal with. And that was a scary thing because now I'm uncovering trauma and dealing with things by myself because, you know, I wasn't aware that cannabis was going to open me up to these things. Right. So that was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, not only do I need to help people because they're going through the stigma of what it's like to go out there and look for this medication, right? I also have to help people understand that they're going to unpack things that they're not ready for yet, that they may not even know is inside right. of them, you know? Right. And then the other part of it is like, then you got to integrate this into your, now I got to tell my husband I'm smoking weed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so baby, let me tell you what I did today while you was at work. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my home smoking joints. Um, you know, and then there was the other thing, which was like, you know, is smoking the best thing for me? Like, I don't really enjoy smoking. Um, I don't technically smoke. I use like dry vapes or like a Dynavap or something like that. I just okay. don't enjoy smoking, right? Now, if I'm in a circle, we in a cipher, everybody's pat, of course, that's a that's right. an experience, right? But for my own everyday consumption, like I wanted to keep it safe. So I had to do so much research. And then I had all of these people in my net that I knew would want to know what's the safest, cleanest, best, the, all these things. So I felt this pressure to do that, to find this right. information and present it to the people that I knew. So I started a podcast. That's really how I started. And okay. through that podcast, I just would sit here in the dark and literally read from all these books I got here. I'm like, all right, let's talk about the history of cannabis. Okay, so in, you know, 1937, you know, it's like you're just going back and sharing this information, regurgitating it. But I knew that my voice had power, that people would listen because I've been a person who has done other things in this world right. prior to this. And I had people who trust me. Right. And so I knew right. I already had established a trust factor. And so I said, if people trust me, they're going to trust me with this information. But it was, you know, it was scary for me still. I didn't want anybody at work to know I was doing this podcast. There was a lot of things, you know, even with my family, like I didn't want that to know what I was talking right. about sometimes. Cause I'm like, I'm not ready for y'all to really start asking me so many questions about cannabis. And then I didn't want to, them to have this, um, I didn't want them to be misinformed or or a misinterpretation uh, of what cannabis was about and what it was doing for me. So that's my long story <laughs> of how I ended up here. You know, how I ended up here um, right. really was through my podcast, people kept reaching out to me. And then I was like, okay, I'm a nurse. As a nurse, we actually, and this is, you know, something that most people don't know, as a nurse, our license is through the national count uh the it's called the NCLEX that's who gives us our our license and I have right. a brain fart right now I can't remember all the acronyms but anyway the National Council for State Board of Nursing is who puts out this exam that gives us our okay. license well they also put out a 60 page document that talks about how nurses are supposed to care for and unfortunately they use the word marijuana marijuana patients and this document is the regulations the it's like the guidelines 
for nurses working with patients who use cannabis. So this, these guidelines basically give us permission. Actually, it it implies that it is our responsibility as nurses to understand the endocannabinoid system, to understand, um, you know, the, the risks that are associated with, you know, different methods of cannabis use, to understand the conditions that cannabis can be used for, to help guide patients to access cannabis, um, to be like the intermediate between the patient and the physician, to respect the patient and their choices. Like, it's a really legit, I, I was going to pull it out right now, but I'm like, where is it? But it's a legit um, document that I pretty much give to every nurse now because I'm like, look, you want to know why I do this? It's because there's actual guidelines underneath my license that say I'm supposed to know this, even though it hasn't been taught in the schools. When the um, In 2018, when the farm bill came out, they had to do something because all these patients were showing up using CBD, cannabis and all kinds of things. And so they needed something in place. And so these guidelines came out, um, but they're like undercover. Like a lot of people don't even know they exist to be so honest. So when was you, so let me ask you this. So let me get this straight. You went through nursing, yeah. you've been, you've been nursing yes. for a minute and yes. then all of a sudden you stumble across this information. Or yeah. what I've been in nurse remember? 15 years when okay. I found this information. Okay. Um, what made me stumble across this is because at this point now, people are asking me to help them. And I'm like, I don't want to lose my license. So I'm like, let okay, me okay. see what's the legalities around me saying I'm a nurse and helping people with cannabis. Right. So I wanted to see what was there. And then I started finding these guidelines. I found um, the American Cannabis Nurses Association. And I was like, oh, there's like 250 at the time. I don't know. There might have been like 500 people, 500 nurses in the nation that were part of this organization. And maybe not all of them were practicing, you know, in cannabis industry, but they were all interested in learning and trying to move this conversation forward. So I'm like, okay, I'm really not alone out here. And there are people who have already been doing this legwork and nurses have a little bit more room to kind of, you know, to enter this industry because physicians are, haven't been as supported in the cannabis industry and nurses can be educators and coaches. And there's other like titles that we can use that kind of open the way for us to be present in this space. Okay. So let me go back. So I <laughs> yes. remember you saying the delivery guy comes yes. to the house and he drops off these five joints. You know what I mean? We're having a panic attack because we think the whole comp- the whole yeah, world the knows. Whole na- the whole neighborhood. The whole neighborhood, the neighborhood knows. Neighborhood. They, are, they are whispering, child. Yeah. That's how you feel. Like, got it. So was that the first time you ever smoked the joint? No. So, and everyone always asks me, and I think it's a great question. So when I was young, I think I was the first time I ever smoked cannabis, I might have been maybe like 14, I went on a walk at night with some friends and somebody had a joint and they gave it to me, but I didn't get high because, you know, as the science shows us sometimes because we haven't activated those receptors before, if we haven't consumed cannabis, you may not feel the effects the first time. It's almost like the first time your body's like, oh, what is this? And then you may need to either consume more or consume another time and then start feeling those effects. I didn't feel anything. Um, And then Many, many years later, when I went to college, um, you know, people would smoke. I had a friend. I I don't know where people got weed because I didn't know no weed, man. I didn't know how people accessed it. If somebody had it, then I'd have it. I always tell people, maybe I smoked weed a handful of times prior to this journey. And it wasn't anything that was 
it's not like I would be like, yeah, today I'm going to go smoke a blunt or something. Because it wasn't something that I ever had in my possession. And it wasn't something that was my thing. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't feel like, oh, they, there's, there's something wrong with them because they smoke weed. It was just wasn't, it wasn't even a conversation. It was just like, that's what they do. That's cool. And I could be around it and it didn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't my preferred Choice. method yeah my preferred choice so or cannabis wasn't vices, preferred vices yeah <laughs> it wasn't like and it, it it was weird because it just shows how much like as an adult how it affected me so much just to consume the cannabis you know as an adult when when i was younger it was kind of like oh yeah they're just doing whatever whatever but when it came to my house and now i'm an adult and a mom and a da, 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 there was so many things that i was like wow I didn't realize how many emotions I had attached to this weed right. thing. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and it just showed me at that moment that, you know, maybe you have your own internal, um, what's the word? Apple. Judgments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about right. this, you know what I'm saying? That you haven't really like dealt with or something like that. Um, you know, I, I had a family member who was addicted to crack um, very close family member. We experienced, you know, having things stolen from our home, this person living in the street for many times, you know, all the things you imagine with someone who's on crack, like we experienced the lowest of lows. Um, and seeing that throughout my childhood, it really had this impression on me of like, you know, just say no, right? Because that's something that right. I saw every day. So there was some of that that was associated with this adult version of me coming to cannabis that I had to kind of reconcile with. It was these things that I had experienced um, when I was younger. And I had to realize that I was coming to this for very specific reasons. And then that's one of the things I like to help people remember is like, what is your intention? When you're consuming this, if you have an intention, you're not going to have that guilt associated with whatever past stigmas and people and all that stuff, because you're coming to it with a clear mind and heart. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, one thing that you covered already is that you stated that um, you prefer the vape method, right? Yes. Some of the questions I normally ask, you know, people I discuss are, you know, are they a flower girl or are they are a concentrate girl? Yes. I so love flowers. Okay. Uh, so I only concentrate. So I do, I do try concentrates, but I don't, okay. I'm a flavor, savor, flavor, whatever you want to call it. Like flavors yes. matter to me. Aromas matter. It's one of the reasons I can't give up flowers. One of the reasons I have all these like fancy gadgets because I'm like, I still need flour because I need, I need the process. I need to like crush it and I need to you know like grind I know what you, it's like a rich it's a whole it. situation yes, I need to that. feel it in my fingers and I need to like I need the whole experience I need to taste those first you know those that first hit where you actually feel you know you get those terpenes and all the smells all that stuff so a lot of times even you know with my clients that are like, I don't want to smoke. I really try to just have them grind my flour. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want them to have that experience because once they are, a, a lot of this part of touching the, plat, the plant is also like, you know, it's an emotional connection to like what we feel is good and bad, right? Like touching this right. plant is a bad thing. Um, so sometimes you just got to get past that point. But for me, yes, flower is my thing. Um, I like concentrates. It just depends. So I had an injury. I fell in the tub and I needed 
lots of pain management. So, you know, depending on what my needs are, then I might go to a concentrate. But I really, really love flour. Like, it's my thing. That's what I prefer. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> you are a co-founder to a company called um, Create Cannabis Nurse of Color. Uh-huh. And you also are the owner of the Kush Nurse, yes. which I'm a Kush girl. So, thank you. Hey. <laughs> I like, I listen, some people say Kush get you couch lock and stuff like that, and it's real heavy. Oh, no. But for me, Kush keeps me like it's like it's my sativa. It's like, oh yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um yeah. some of us need to relax. Some of us need to some of us need to bring it in so that we can <laughs> put it out. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. We gave you two questions, two part question. We uh-huh. gave you the idea for the like the name of the Kushners, that's the first mm-hmm. question. And then what gave you the idea to collaborate to come up with the Cannabis Nurses of Color? Sure. So the Kushners is really because I was trying to find a name that would imply cannabis, but that wouldn't use the words cannabis because everyone was like, oh, don't use cannabis on social media. Honestly, it was that kind of a thing. And so I was okay. thinking, what are all the names, right? And so at the time, OG Kush was my favorite strain. Um, that was like my go-to strain at the time. So I'm like, you know what? The Kush nurse, like Kush, that's, this is it. Um, and so interestingly enough, it's like, now people just call me the Kushners. Like I'm like, well, I'm actually my name is Sandra Gwens. My company is the Kushners, but you know, people just identify me as that name, which is fine. Um, but that's how the name came about. Like literally, I was like, you know, what are what are different names? I and if you listen to my podcast at all, the first like intro of it is like every single name you could think about of canna- cannabis, mm-hmm. and obviously Kush is one of those in there. Um, now the cannabis nurses of color was. Um, you know, that was more of an organic type of collaboration. So I met Ivory, my partner, Ivy Rosenthal Davis. She goes as the Louisiana Cannabis Nurse Navigator. Um, She's a nurse in Louisiana. Um, They were having a conference, the American Cannabis Nurse Association. So this is like, this is like the organization for cannabis nurses, right? Like this is the the organization that at some point we are expecting, we're going to be able to become certified nurses for cannabis because this organization is doing the work for that. Um, So they had a conference. I know, let's go. So they had this conference and then we walked in the room and we were like, wow, where are we at? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was kind of like that feeling. It It was like we were there, but I felt like also we were, we were all kind of feeling that same way. Like, we're so spread out throughout the country. There's not that many of us. And how can we unite forces? Because the conversations that we were having about cannabis were very different than the conversations our counterparts were having about cannabis, you know, our Caucasian counterparts, because we're like, yeah, you know, my grandma, she's got like aches and pains. And, you know, I try to talk to she, they don't want to know nothing about cannabis. Like, how can I have these conversations? You know, people serving time and I'm trying to convince their mom to, you know, it's, it's just these really tough conversations. And we were like, there's nobody talking about this right now. There's nobody advocating for us in this space. Um, we also had a nurse, um, Shonda Broom, who she shares her story often, she lost her nursing license because of a positive drug test when she applied for a job. So she applied for a job. They screened, you know, they did the drug screen. Um, She popped positive for THC. 
And then they didn't offer her the job, which could just be what they did, right? They could just be like, you know, you're not a good fit. No, they didn't offer her the job, but they also sent those results to the state board. And so she ended up losing her nursing license, her livelihood, her career. So let me get this straight. So I'm just so I can be clear yes. on it. Yes. All right. And maybe I just I'm crazy for asking. No. But I'm gonna ask. Go ahead. You have the 60 page random random or amendment or, or laws or education or whatever. You went to school, you did all this stuff, you took this test, one of the certifications of signing on becoming a yeah. nurse is the 60 page thing on how you have to treat um patients with cannabis so this page is basically just 60 pages is recognizing cannabis as, as medicine. medicine so i'm we're clear on this and they turn around and take away her license for medication is what we're basically saying right right and so because cannabis again falls into that state by state law Thing. You know, every state makes up their own policies and laws. And that's the same way it is for the, the state boards. So she's licensed in the state of Louisiana. And that was what the state board of Louisiana felt was the appropriate action for her. Now, they've the, the regulatory body, the National Council for State Boards of Nursing, has put out a document that basically says it's like the crime has to, it's like, what does it say? What's the, the saying? The crime thing has to, the, What's, I know what you're trying to say. The crime has to fit the bill or not. It's to fit the... Right. No, the crime, <laughs> the crime has to fit. I know what you're saying. Right. I can't get it out either. Man. Right. The penalty, basically what happens to you has to fit the crime, right? So right. what they're saying is, what this document says basically is that THC testing is not a great determinant of how and when um, this person consumed. It's not a good, you know, it's not a good test, right? We know that THC right. can be in your body for 30 plus days. It could be three weeks ago you consumed. It could be last night. It doesn't mean that when you went to take this test that you were consuming, right? Um, so they've put forth this document that basically says like, you know, that they should look at these situations. Like if there was a safety risk for a patient or da, 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 then then that should be dealt with right but it's not necessarily right. that this person's license should be removed like that should be like the last step of this thing um and then the american cannabis nurses association also put forth a position paper basically saying the same thing um and so unfortunately shonda still doesn't have her license back She's still going back and forth with them so if you she wanted to get her license back you know she would have to go through a recovery program. She would have to get somebody to follow her, like, uh, un, you know, supervise her for so many weeks or whatever. She'd have to undergo like random drug testing. I think she has to do a physical. And then there's like a fee of like $5,000, some crazy amount of money. Um, all that for her to reinstate her license. And then, you know, she can continue to be, I believe, tested. So it's, really unfair it's not it doesn't make any scientific sense you know and it's also right. it's debilitating to people's lives you know what i mean so she actually had her own business at the time working as a nurse i believe she had a um like a home health type of business she had to shut that down she cannot even get you know an employment with a regular employer because they report these things to your background as well so when you go okay. get a job you want to go get a job at walmart they do a background check this that you had a, a drug positive drug test is going to come up in this background check. Like it's really something that it's a, it, it is 
creating more generational harm. You know what I'm saying? We always talk about the generational harms of cannabis. Like these are the generational harms, like people losing their jobs, not being able to get, you know, gainful employment. You can't take care of your family. Like she's in a good place because she's used this to flip her life around. And basically now she's like an advocate for cannabis. She does education, research, all kinds of stuff. But she is, she still wants to get her license back. That's what you she went to school for. That's what it's she her went whole to. Life. Like, yeah. Never, that was like what she dedicated when like she dedicated herself yeah. to like that's crazy. So I always that's like to share Shonda's story. And thank you, Shonda, for giving me permission to do that. But I like to share her story, not because it's a good story, but because it is a true story. And I feel like right. people need to know what is happening, what is really, really happening. So her story, when she shared her story, Ivory and I were like, we can't just leave this space and not do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to help nurses. We have to advocate, train nurses, help nurses navigate this space. And then we have to be a voice so that people know like nurses are patients too. Right. Nurses are patients. We, we deserve the choice to medicate with whatever medication, you know, is our choice, you know, if it's a legal medication. Um, so there's, there's all those parts of this thing. And so cannabis nurse of color was created because of that. Like we actually ended up at the conference just saying, like, basically we walked around and we're like, every black person here, please come out to dinner with us. We're going to sit down and talk about why we need to be, you know, connected. And that basically was it. We're like, this is a space for black and brown nurses, a safe space to have the conversations. We can't have other places. And also to advance us in this industry, because the truth is that we are needed. You know, uh, we need to be in these spaces. We need to have these conversations with our very own people because we're the ones that are dying from chronic conditions and all the other things. And we are we are the ones who don't have access because, again, cannabis is an expensive, privileged medicine that is hard to access for many of our people. You know what I'm saying? So that's how Cannabis Nurses of Color came about. And we were formed in 2019. Um, right before the pandemic. And we thought for sure 2020, we were like, 2020 is our year, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, we did pivot a lot. So in 2020, we spent most of our year doing um, a lot of speaking, a lot of education, bringing different people from the industry in because many of the nurses that were interested in cannabis didn't even know where to find like solid research information what they were able to do in this industry so just bringing in other people who could kind of corroborate the story that cannabis is medicine and all the resources and tools that they could use to help them position themselves in this industry well, i appreciate your services yes. For bringing um, us brown girls and our, our black and yes. brown girls to the forefront in the nurses' field and in the cannabis industry. So, thank you. I the time it. should equal the crime. I know that's right. <laughs> yes. I'm like, why can't we think about this? We're like, the, the crime <laughs> should, should the fit the bill. Point. The bill should fit the crime. <laughs> I'm like, I know what you mean. I just can't bring the second part yes. out. <laughs> yes. So, let me ask you this question. Yes. And it's a two parter. Yeah. Well, it's the same question, but it's for your personal side and your business side. Mm -hmm. What is the what is the biggest misconception that people have about you and your business, and why? Uh, so the biggest misconception that people have in my business when I tell them I grew up in the Bronx, I go, "We know you smoking weed all the time." <laughs> they just think I'm like they're like you. You know everything about weed. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> like I just. <laughs> 
They're like, oh, the cushion from the Bronx? Oh, she knows everything. She knows everything. She knows everything. That girl from the hood, you know she knows everything. Um, So I think that's the one misconception. Like, people think, like, because I grew up in the Bronx and because, you know, because I'm a a Latina that I know everything about (laughs) cannabis. I'm like, no, not true. Um, With my business, I think the, you know, what people think the most about my business I think they literally think that I just sit around with my patients and smoke weed, which is not true, but possible. Um, <laughs> because, hey. hey, because the truth is that most people that are coming to cannabis, if they don't have somebody to support them, then I'm that support person for them because nobody really wants to smoke weed by themselves. I mean, not initially, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling. And so that's something that, you know, I, I don't mind doing people is doing like guided sessions or sitting with them um, right. just so you know, so that they're comfortable. So I think a lot of people think that basically what we do here is that I tell people like smoke weed and they get better um, and that I smoke with my patients all day. Um, And I don't do that in my practice. Like in my practice, it's like you are going to get some, you know, idea of what cannabis can do for you. And I'm going to send you off on an adventure to go find some things. But in addition to that, you're probably going to have to go take a walk. You're probably going to have to like, you know, meditate, you're probably, there's going to be things that you're going to do as part of my practice that are going to help you. As I always say, I'm like, we going to make this cannabis work. Okay. Because the cannabis does work, but you can superpower that cannabis by doing other things, by working out, by eating well, by adding other foods that have the terpenes that you need in them. And so I think the misconception is you're going to come to the Kushner's we're going to smoke weed and then you're going to go off and, and be, you know, healed of whatever it is. When we know that, you know, cannabis isn't always a healing, it can be a tool. You know what I mean? It doesn't always cure everything. Um, but you have the power to cure those things by doing other things in addition with your cannabis and cannabis can help you do the things that you thought you couldn't do. Like maybe you feel pain and you can't walk, but cannabis can help you ease that pain and maybe motivate you to get out and do a walk you know okay how do you deal with so you help other people deal with their mental stress and stuff and um so how do you deal with mental stress from your work every day like how what are the things that you do to do every day i meditate every single day and that's new that's like cannabis infused (laughs) you know what i mean like cannabis brought meditation to me um i tried meditating in the past it didn't work And then with cannabis, I was able to quiet my mind enough where I can sit and meditate. And now I have like, I have to meditate every day. My husband always laughs. I'm like, I'm going to meditate. And I just like peace out and go, you know, do what I need to do. But meditation and definitely moving, like my meditations don't have to be the same. I can meditate, close my eyes, listen to something, or I can go for a walk and that's meditation, you know, but basically it's always finding time to come back to myself because that's the most important person here, you know, for me. It's like, I love my kid, I love my husband, but I'm most important, more important than anybody else because I have to be able to be my best to be able to be the best for them, right? Or for my clients or anybody else. Okay, okay. <laughs> and if you like what you see in these videos, guys, just make sure you hit the subscribe button and um, leave your comments or any kind of questions you have. Also, don't forget on Sundays, we have um, the guys over, you know, our big rovers over on CLTV. We have Trey, Green Goblin, Rob, 
And then don't forget, we also have Pigeons420 and Mr. Girl as well over here on CLTV. So make sure you check those guys out. They drop a new content every week. On Sundays, y'all already know what I do on Sundays. I get with, uh, we would just talk about, you know, meditation. You better get with him, guy. You hear the Kushner so already talking about meditation. Go over to him, guy, and plug that in. He going to get you together and, you know what I mean, get you to you know, fuse it together, as she says. Sometimes the walk, sometimes some sounds. He got it all over there. So mm. make sure you get that link over there as well. And don't forget, at the dark comes up after later on in the night, you know, around 1030, we get into our shenanigans. You know, so check us out over there on the Twitch over there, Grow Like a Girl. And I also have Grow Like a Girl drop it every Sunday at 730. You know it's going to be a new episode coming this weekend. So once again, we had the Kushners back here educating us on how we need to get our lives together, basically with our cannabinoid system. What gives you... Like, what are the other healthy options that you use? Like, do you do, like, um, tinctures in your smoothies? Or do you, you know, digest it a different kind of way also or no? Like, what's your diet? So, so we grow our own six plants that we're allowed to grow here. My husband is a grower. Um, and we make a lot of things. So <clears throat> it just depends on what's going on. Like, I don't feel like my cannabis is the same every day. So, like I mentioned before, I have pain sometimes from my neck and my head. Um, so on those days, I might use butter because I make my own butter. Um, and I actually make my butter pre-dosed in little cubes so that I can just pop one little cube in my coffee and move it move it on. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, hey, I now, I got, now I got my medicine for the day. Um, but we do, like sometimes if we have fresh leaves, we'll juice them. Um, I infuse oils so that I can have them readily available for whatever okay. it is that we need. So if I'm going to, I always tell people, I'm like, I like to keep it simple because I have a six-year-old, so I don't have a lot of time. So butter and oil are like the staples around here because you can take butter and make things with the butter and you can take oil and make things with the oil. So sometimes it can be as easy as making salad dressing and just adding that to my salad, my oil with my vinegar and my spices and everything. Um, but really I try to consume some type of cannabis every day, even if it's just CBD or hemp derived products. Um, but I, I pretty much consume almost every day for my mental health, for my physical pain, um, you know, all those things. And then we don't really eat meat here, even though I do eat meat. Um, my husband doesn't eat meat. My daughter doesn't like it. So I tend, we tend to be pretty clean as far as like foods. Um, you know, we get like farm produce delivered. <laughs> once a week or once every other week. So we always have like fresh stuff. And I really feel like cannabis helped us with integrating more healthy options. Because before I felt like when you're depressed, you tend to want like comfort food, right? Like those, you know, cheesy, greasy, you know, hot ice cream. Things. Yeah. All that, all that stuff. Like, I, I know people think munchies. I'm like, well, munchies around here can be, it can be ice cream, but you know, we try to keep it healthy, you know, for the most part. And so I think that's one of the things like here is like, we're not really like, we snack a lot, but you know, it could be like an apple or a piece of cheese or, you know, whatever. It's a lot of snacking and a lot of like, if you can pick it, you know, kind of things around like an apple or orange or, you know, just trying to keep it healthy. And then with a six-year-old, it's like, we're trying to model to her that she can have healthy food. So I pack her lunch to school and they probably think we're like some kind of, you know, health, crazy health, healthy people <laughs> here. But really it's that, you know, she eats what we eat. So that's what I put in her meal. You know what I'm saying? She'll have a cucumber salad and be like, yeah, it's the best thing ever happened. You know, <laughs> it's just, 
But I think it's just trying to incorporate as much um, healthy things as possible. You know, something that I've been doing a lot lately is also incorporating herbs in my herbs. <laughs> so okay. adding like lavender, um, things like that, infusing, you know, adding them with my ground flour even okay. to kind of help give more of a relaxation. So sometimes I may have CBD and add some lavender to it and it'll feel like I had, you know, medical cannabis. It'll give me that right. relaxation. Yeah. It may not last as long, but there's so many other ways that you can still, um, you know, supplement those things okay. that, you know, with natural things um, to give your body the benefits that you're looking for. Now, my next question <laughs> for you is... Hmm. You said that, you know, your, your husband didn't know about, you know, smoking, your, your mm -hmm. family, friends didn't know. So my question for you is how has, uh, well, actually, I want the tea. I want to know how hubby acts. I want to know how hubby acts when you, you act when you told him. That's the first mm -hmm. thing. And for the viewers, I want to know how has uh, cannabis affected your relationships? Um, hmm. Okay, that's a good one. So for my husband, my husband and I have a really great relationship in the sense that, like, we're just like, he just lets me be my own person. Okay. I let him be his own person. So like, you know, the choices that we make, as long as they don't like negatively impact our household, like we're usually pretty supportive about them. So when That's I told cool. him, I was, I, I mean, he knew I was basically in desperation's door, you know what I mean? He knew like where I was, um, you know, and full transparency at the time, like, you know, I was depressed. So sex wasn't something that I was even that interested in. Um, you know, there were parts of me that were, you know, I would come home from work. I'd be so exhausted and so much pain. All I wanted to do was like, it's like I had to remind myself when I would get to the door, like you still got like four more hours of business to take care of. You got to get your kid, you got to feed, you got to dig, blah, 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 whatever. And you got to spend time with your husband and all these things. And I would just feel like I couldn't make it through the day. Like by the time seven o'clock would roll, I would just crash on the couch. And I would be there till 11 o'clock. I would get up and then I'd go take a shower and I'd go to bed. Like that was my every day. So that existence, I'm sure he was over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so he probably was like, whatever it takes, you know, but he's really supportive of it. Um, but I had to go through my own process. So when I would consume, I didn't want him to know I was consuming because there was a part of me that felt like, I don't want to appear as someone who's so broken that the only way I can feel well is if I have this weed or this cannabis, right? I want him to know that I'm a good, I'm okay, right? Like I'm an okay person. I don't, I'm not just okay because I have cannabis. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a good person inside of me, a healthy person inside of me, but I have to use this cannabis or otherwise I don't feel great. Right. And so there was some kind of correlation with that, that really made me feel not great. Um, so sometimes I would smoke and then I would come inside and I'd like wash my face and wash myself and, you know, like, okay, you know, I don't want to, I don't want him to think the only reason I want sex is because I had cannabis. Right. But it was like, we're going to get to that in a minute because you're going to learn a new secret about me. You're going to learn yeah. something new about uh, me because I got yes. I got yes. a question to ask. We'll get but to that, that was, later. That though. was it. It was like, I don't, I don't want you to feel like my feelings towards you are because cannabis is making me feel this way. Because it wasn't. I mean, all this time, I wanted to be intimate. I just didn't have the capacity. I didn't have it in me to do that. My brain and my body were not speaking the same language, you know? Right. So with cannabis, I felt like 
I could just relax. I could just be in the moment. I could enjoy my husband. You know, I could be more open. I could have those conversations with him um, with ease. You know, things didn't trigger me as much. You know, I found more ways of like decompressing after work and all those kind of things. So he saw the change in me and he was like, okay. And my husband at the time was uh, active duty military. Okay. Okay. So that also played a big part in this because I didn't want his... I didn't want him to be associated with this, right? Because I knew his his career, this is a no-no. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't right. want like him to smell like it or what whatever. I didn't want no way that he could potentially be cross-contaminated. Right, right. right. No, I don't want no, no, no smoke at the door. No, no nothing. Um, but he was open to it. And then um, as we, you know, he started going through his own journey, he was ready to retire shortly after that. Uh, maybe like a year or so after that. And then, you know, we talked about it and he was like, you know, I've seen how it's helped you and I do want to try it when I retire. So at 11.59 on retirement eve, you know, know. he was like, like, roll it up. I know. And so, you know, interestingly enough, it's like, you know, a a joint because I don't really smoke, right? But it's like, that's, you can't like have your first weed out of vape. I don't know, it's just weird. Right, <laughs> so, right. right. The whole experience. Um, but yeah, it was that, it was him seeing me go through that process and seeing how it was helping me that led him to say, okay, this is something I want to try. Um, and so that was, you know, that has benefited our relationship in many ways, you know, I feel. Um, and then he began to get interested in growing and he started growing and I saw the benefits in him because he had been in the military all this time and, you know, had experienced different things. And I just started to see him decompress and change. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, my husband is now, he, he mountain bikes and goes out on trails and does all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) but I know that those inhibitions and those, and his ability to move more and be more active, all that is, you know, is with the help of cannabis, you know, that's gotten him to that place. So my other relationships, you know, those are all different types of relationships. You know, I have a brother who's a doctor. It was really hard for me to talk to him about cannabis because I looked up to him. I became a nurse because he's a doctor. Right. He wasn't really down with the whole cannabis thing. He's much older than me. He grew up when the time when, you know, it's like the 60s and, you know, peace, love and cannabis. And so that's the idea he had. He didn't really have it as medicine. Right. Um, And so there was this feeling of like, I'm having this conversation with you about something that I'm doing, but I don't necessarily feel like you're, you are trusting what I'm saying is real. Um, I don't feel like you, I feel like you think that I'm trying to come up with excuses as to why cannabis helps so that I don't use traditional medicines, um, things like that. And then even with my family, it's like slowly, I just, okay, I've been using cannabis, I guess for three, four years now, I just had the conversation with my father about cannabis, maybe like five months ago. You know, he was like, so what is this that you're doing with the little cigarettes? <laughs> the little, <laughs> the little cigarettes. <laughs> so, you know. My mom calls them funny cigarettes. 
funny she's cigarettes like, you got, yeah you got them funny cigarettes yeah <laughs> you're like mama you should try funny cigarettes they're really helpful she does uh, this is where i get my background from my mom's been trying funny cigarettes since i was a kid <laughs> i love it see See? And that's, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, we try to normalize cannabis in our home. I have a six year old. It's not she doesn't see us smoke because I feel like she's too young yet to understand good smoking versus bad smoking. But the plants are here and, she, you know, she's had CBD before, um, you know, with this pandemic. We've had to, you know, at times she's not been able to yes, sleep and stuff like that. Yes, all that. Yes, so there's been just different times where you know she knows the bombs all the stuff like the plants she's always around the plants um she knows this is mommy and daddy's medicine um you know but she doesn't she's not she, she's just like whatever about it you know what i'm saying it's not right. like this crazy thing for her because it's so normal you know what i'm saying this is daddy's plant this is this this is whatever you know at some point we will be in a place where i feel more comfortable you know, maybe consuming when she's near or what have you. But for right now, if I'm going to go consume, I just go to another room or something and I'm going to stretch. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go stretch and then I come back and then she's like, wow, mommy stretch. She feels so much better. Yes. Great. <laughs> um, so great. Um, so those are some of the things like, you know, relationship wise, I feel like with my daughter, you know, that's a big one. I've, I felt before a lot of anxiety with things with her. Um, I'm in a better place with that. Like, you know, I used to, it's just like you have this person that you have to like take care of, you know, you want to make sure she's okay. I mean, that was a big anxiety for me. Like, is she okay? Am I protecting her? You know, am I doing the right thing? I don't feel those things now because cannabis basically tells you, I mean, can I curse? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cannabis tells you what's bullshit. Cannabis is like, that's right. bullshit. That's not real. Okay. Put that over there. And it right. lets you, you know, it lets you dive deep into why you're feeling those things so that you can work on those things as opposed to staying here in the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's like, okay, get rid of that. Go deeper. What's in here that's really doing this? Okay. You weren't protected as a kid and you want to protect her. Okay. This and this and that. Okay. Let's let's put this in a file folder. Let's organize this a little better so it makes sense so that you're not going uh, all over here. Right, right. And so, you know, that's helped me with my relationships overall. Um, it's just being able to look at that's your stuff and this is my stuff. How you feel about cannabis is about you. It's not about me. You know what I mean? It's about whatever story you have in your head or whatever somebody told you or whatever you saw or experienced. That's what's causing you to have this relationship with cannabis and perceive me in a certain light so it's not about me and that's why i can sleep good at night <laughs> i know that's right <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years in five years you know my so i've always taught nursing in some capacity i taught at hampton university fortis college all these places carolina's college and my goal really is that five years i hope to be in a classroom somewhere teaching nurses about cannabis. I want to be involved in helping nurses come into this come into this field of nursing and have this in their back pocket so then when somebody goes to a hospital or a clinic or somewhere and they report that they use cannabis, they're going to be met with reassurance, evidence-based information and a team that's not just going to squash them down because they're using something that may be unfamiliar to them. 
I agree. I mean, I feel like the more educational nurses that we have would be great because it's crazy. I remember one time, like, I, I get kidney stones every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I've ever gotten a kidney stone. This is not advice, people. Do not. I promise you, do not take this as advice. This is a disclaimer right now. I do yeah. not recommend this method. It worked for me, people. But the nurse, when I, when I was leaving the hospital, right, they gave me all these drugs, right? And I'm like, oh, God, I don't, like, because I come like, like everyone else, same story, background with family yeah. drugs type stuff or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm worried about certain drugs, but this kidney pain is real. So I got to make a choice. And um, when I was leaving, the, I guess the nurse felt my anxiety about the, you know, the opioids, the Percocets mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So she said, listen, I'll deny this if you ever tell anybody I said it. So she was like, mm. what you want to do is, she said, when you get home, she's like, you in the hood, stop at the deli, get you a six pack of beer. Mm. She's like, get you a six pack of beer and drink mm -hmm. the beer. She said, I promise you in about an hour, you're going to, that, that stone is going to mm -hmm. flush out. And lo and behold, an hour later when I got home, it flushed right out. Oh I mean, goodness. I was going to the bathroom a lot and I'm yeah. like, that came the bat, but it worked. Yeah. And I guess whatever experience that she had in her life or whatever, you know, research or information mm -hmm. she came across about flushing kidneys or yeah. whatever, she shared whatever information she had that was going to help me in that moment in time. And it worked, you know what I mean? Now you got liver problems or I don't know, but you might not want to, you know, do all that, but it worked it's for like, me. I was my, my stones was good, but my liver now, I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, but, so, but you know, so it, it was cool. I didn't need to have a pain. So that was, I appreciate the fact that you are out here educating nurses, especially our black and brown nurses and paving the way for them. I appreciate the fact that you are, um, making the time to even find more research to educate us more on how we should or shouldn't for our, for our family members or our patients or, you know, we might have to go to the hospital with someone who has cancer and all kinds of stuff. And when you're a person who don't use cannabis and then and you have someone saying you should use cannabis, yeah. sometimes it comes better when it comes from a professional. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you for that. But I'm about to get into some tea real quick. Two tea. questions. What is your wildest? And I don't want the, the nurse answer. I want the real answer. What's the wildest cannabis story you got for me? You know, everybody asks me this. I don't really have that many wild stories, but I think it was my edible. And I feel like edibles always give us the wild stories. But um, <laughs> so I ordered from my dispensary of choice um, and I ordered these edibles. Um, I ordered a gummy. Okay, so this is where I should have known it was bad juju because it was one gummy. One gummy? One gummy. It was just a pack with one gummy. The gummy, okay. I think that gummy was like 275 milligrams. Okay. It is like, it, it, it just drop you, right? So <laughs> God is so good that... <laughs> I decided to research this guy. I don't know, something about it. I was like, mm. it didn't have any milligrams, nothing on it. It was just like the name of it, right? So I researched it and, you know, the internet. <laughs> it went at, the internet wins every time. <laughs> the internet had the best reviews for this. It was like paralyzed. I don't know, it was just all these different ones. So I said, Thank you, Lord, that you have not allowed me to consume this gummy without doing this research. Well, I had just a sliver of this gummy. Okay. And I was just not in a good place. I was, it was lit. <laughs> oh, I was like, 
I was talking to my husband. He's like, what is wrong? So we live, um, there's like a trail behind us. And so you hear the coyotes back there and all kinds of stuff. And I, woo, you know, all that. So right. I was like, the coyotes are coming to get me. Um, <laughs> I kept, we have um, plant, those plantation shutters or whatever, terrible name for that. But yes, we have those shutters. And so I was opening the shutters. I'm like, why are they so close? Like, and I was running from the window to window, like looking out. And my husband is like, babe, you sound like a paraplegic horse racing around this house. He was like, what? <laughs> He's like, what is going on? I'm like, I had, and I told him, I'm like, I had this tiny sliver of this gummy girl, but that gummy took me to another planet. So then I would lay down. I mean, I was like, all right, I'm just lay down because they tell you just go to sleep. Right. But I will close my eyes and I was just spinning like, <laughs> I was just spin it felt like somebody just had me like a top and was just, <laughs> the bed was spinning the room the walls everything it was just a terrible feeling and um it wouldn't go away so then I was walking downstairs and I'm like let me eat like I was trying to figure out you know everything that people do when they've ate too much edibles it's like you just want it to stop you just want it to stop and I could not make it stop. And at that time, I didn't know anything about like, oh, maybe try some CBD or maybe Indeed. try. Well, I was no, so this was this was like when I was still experimenting with those five joints. Time okay, okay. So I was still in my experimentation phase. Okay. Well, listen, fool me once. <laughs> so Could that you was probably you took the whole gummy though. <laughs> no, I think I would have died. I swear to God, I. You know, it's so crazy to me, though, that that those doses exist. Like, I just I do feel that that is an unsafe. Like, it's just unsafe to have this. The gummy was so it's like this small. So it's not like, you know, it's not like put it in four pieces. pieces right? You know, um, it, it was it was not a good it was not good for me. Um, <laughs> do not recommend zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> So you make salad dressings, Ooh. you do eat edibles, you make salad dressings. Yes. What is your favorite edible recipe? My favorite edible recipe. So I am, like I mentioned before, I don't really make anything from scratch. However, what I like to do is if you get the Trader Joe's banana bread, <laughs> okay. banana bread box, I like to add my own butter to that and okay. then just slice some pieces. It's it's just good. And it's quick. So I do have like fancy, all those little fancy tools y'all see out there. So I can make things pretty easily. Um, and I think that my go-to honestly is probably salad dressing because it's easy to make. Um, and if you ever make a, um, a avocado toast and then just drizzle it with some can of oil, but you don't need nothing else. I don't know why people have to make all these fancy things, but I <laughs> I'm like, listen, you don't need a whole lot to get the benefits of what's here. You know what I'm saying? I like the taste of can of oil. I like the taste of the herbs. Um, so I don't mind making a dressing, throwing it on some salad, throwing it on some tomatoes, you know, having that. Um, and like I said, my go-to really is butter. So when I make butter, I make it in candy molds. It's really tiny little squares. And that way I can control what I want to put it in. So I'm known to like take two pancakes and stick some butter in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. And <laughs> ta-da! You know, I, I 
feel like maybe, maybe in five years I'll be cooking more, but right now, like I don't have time. Like I just don't have time. Um, but I love seeing other people make things. So I'm obsessed with, um, the Art of Butter book. I have that book here. If you ever have a chance to look at that book, Menlay's <laughs> book is amazing. So she has like fried chicken in there and girl, she oh, has wow. so many things. So the recipes <laughs> are delicious. And that was one of the things that like, you know, I tell my husband, like, I love that there are so many things that we can do and it does normalize it more, but you can get crazy with edibles. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why for me, after my little edible experience, I'm all about microdosing <laughs> my edibles. Um, so everything I make is like, you know, five to 10 milligrams type stuff. If I want more, I just have more, you know what I'm saying? But that way I know what I'm working with. And then we over here talking about food. People don't forget to go over there and check out uh, Social Elevator. You know, Trey Strong's over there. You know what I mean? The Elevated Chef. Don't forget Ooh. to check out his uh, his station over there, his channel over there. He always dropping weekly some type of um, I think this week it was some type of macaroni and something, but he always got something coming over there. You know, Big Bro always lighting us up with the edibles. So check out Social Elevated over there with Trey Strong's. So you are a nurse. I'm gonna tell mm. you my secret. Uh oh, tell me. So my it. secret is I grow. I we you know everyone the growers in the world know that we have this thing called phenol honey. Yes. So I feed on hunt for aphrodisiacs. Mm. And one of the reasons why is because, as you stated before, in this conversation, it gets you out of your mind. And I was in a place where I, when I was depressed all the time, you know, I just wasn't in that kind of mood. I wasn't mm -hmm. in that headspace. It didn't, you know, and throughout relationships at the time, you know, I don't know about, didn't know about mental illness or nothing. I'm just going through the motions of life. And yeah. you go through different relationships and different things, and one of the common denominators in 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 those things was that that particular area. So it was kind of like you know um, I might like the person, I might like the person I'm with, but I just didn't like I'm in different. My headspace was different. Yeah. And then I realized through the through cannabis, it allowed me to. Um, to express myself freely, it allowed me to get out of that, you know, get into the correct headspace. Yes. And like you, I didn't want, you know, the person I'm with to be like, oh my God, you need this to do to just to be yeah. around me. Or you need yeah. this to to be intimate with me. Um, so that was always like a big thing for me. I guess the question I have for you is if a person um such as myself was looking for a way to use cannabis for you know sexually or to get into that space sexually what information or what avenue would you tell them to go down so one of the things i always tell people if they have tried cannabis because a lot of times people when people come to me for sex they usually have tried other other forms of cannabis i feel like people don't come straight to me and like i want cannabis for sex i feel right. like usually when people come to me sex is like one of the things that they want to work on but really sex is connected to everything else that's going on inside of your body so i'm like are you having pain are you sleeping are you and they're like i want to have good sex i'm like yeah well all these other things got to be in in line for you to be able to have good sex you know um the the avenue that i usually send people on is masturbation um well hello. <laughs> yeah, that was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she said get in touch with yourselves people first no. yes no because how are you going to know if this is like the worst thing that could happen is that you're trying strains with your partner and it doesn't feel good to you. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Or that you don't feel right or it makes you feel uncomfortable or whatever the case may be. So 
when it's like couples, even couples, I'm like, you try something over there, see how it feels. Does it make you feel aroused? Can you orgasm? You know, all these things are important. If you can't do it by yourself, it's not going to work with another person. You know what I'm saying? So you need to make sure that you're in tune. One, what does this particular strain do for you? Like my go-to strain for sex is Afghani. Love it. Um, And so... (laughs) This pump, this pump, like that string too. <laughs> so um, my husband grows Afghani, a smart man, happy wife, happy life. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that- He's a that, genius. A genius, right? <laughs> but I didn't come to Afghani, like I didn't find Afghani because I was like, this is one that says good for sex or whatever. I came to Afghani because I was trying different things for pain. And the side effect of this one was like, wow. I was like, yes. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, everything's all tingly. And, you know, I feel alive and, you know, I, I want to be tight. Like I enjoy touch. You know, I took a shower, the water felt good. I mean, this is a, this is a sensory experience. Okay. This sounds like something I want to try with my husband. Right. But if I, there's other strains that I'm just like, I don't want anybody to touch me. That's not this vibe of this strain. The vibe of this strain is like, let me go work out or let me go to sleep or whatever. There's different things. Um, And with men, it's the same way. Like some men can't get aroused with certain strains. You know, it doesn't allow them to, um, you know, have an orgasm, different things like that. Then there's some strains that you can have multiple orgasms with and have, you know, all the pleasurable feelings. There's strains that may arouse different parts of your body that you didn't even know those were arousal, you know, erogenous zones. So I think that's the whole thing. It's like, you need to first learn what you like before you interject another person into the sex story um, with cannabis. Because the truth is that you don't know what that's going to be. Because I can tell you Afghani is amazing. And then you might try it and be like, that did nothing for me sexually because everybody's endocannabinoid system is different and we all need different things and we um, respond differently to different strains and terpenes and cannabinoids. So you have to know first, like, what does this feel like? So masturbation is definitely like, if you, if people ask me where to start, I'm like, have something, touch yourself. <laughs> Come, I know, that's right. Get together, people. But yeah. if y'all better learn today. You better learn today. And, <laughs> and you would be surprised at how really complicated that is. It is very complicated for some women to touch themselves because especially black and brown women, we are, we're in tune with our masculine energy a little too much sometimes because we're trying to be the boss and we're trying to do the thing and we're trying to be all these things that we're trying to do right here. Um, You know, and this requires a specific type of energy and the feminine energy gets kind of squashed down because I mean, really, where in the world do we go where our feminine energy is really like appreciated and loved and respected and all those things? It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's hard to balance all that, but I feel like we are getting to a better place. I feel like there's more, um, you know, even when you, I look at social media, I feel like people are, are talking more about it. And so I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, everybody always wants to talk to me about sex, but interestingly enough, it's like, they want to talk about it, but when it comes time to actually, you know, integrate it into their lives, like bring cannabis into their sex life, 
there's a it, it's a it's a big hurdle to get to. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not easy for everybody. I think that's the thing. And especially when you tell people like, okay, well, I recommend you masturbate, <laughs> like you know, beforehand. <laughs> Um, I was at home like you go in that room because the nurse gave me a prescription. <laughs> I know. That I need to be here for I the know. next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> or the other thing is like you know I always tell people or set the expectation very low that you can just lay next to your partner and not feel like you need to do something right because I think right. that's the thing because we don't know we don't you don't know what's gonna be I try sometimes I'll look at a strain and people are like that's the one wedding crasher. Well, that's the one. I'm like, that's not the one for me. <laughs> but, you know, you just have to know what those things are. And then the other thing is, which I find this all the time, is misconceptions of people think that they need a sativa when they're going to have sex, right? Which we don't know if it's a sativa. And everybody's different. But I can tell you most right. of the time, it's not really going to be a sativa. Um, because people think it's a sativa, right? But sativa gives you more of the head. You know what I'm saying? We're well, trying to shut that down anyway. So let's focus on the body. So a lot of times it's a hybrid or a lot of times it's an indica that's really going to help like relax the body, open things up, let things kind of flow and tingle um, right. to give more of that body height. But of course, you know, every strain is different. But I always like to, you know, I look at that. I mean, pretty much every single time that I talk to someone, my patients come to me always telling me that they need a sativa and they don't know nothing else, but they know they need a sativa because in their mind, a sativa is going to make them more up, make them more happy, make them more whatever. And I'm like, you ever been chill and happy? It's also a very beautiful thing. Okay. Like <laughs> it's okay to right. just chill and be happy. Trust me. I'm mastering I, I, this. I, I try to. Sativas, it's funny that people bring up sativas a lot because I'm like reading stuff and researching different kinds of conversations yeah. through this journey. I'm yeah. learning that there is there really a such thing as a true sativa, like, like, or do, like, you know what I mean? So that's still yeah. conversation still up in the air. Yeah. So I come from the people. That conversation yeah. is still up in the air, whether it's the true thing is a true sativa or not. Yeah. Um, you know, so. You know, every so For me, sativas don't make me, sativas don't make me like, oh, let me work, let me work, let me work. And I just yeah. tested it this week on myself because I changed my own cannabinoid system around a little bit. So someone said, let me go back to the sativa. Mm -hmm. And I tried it. And it, don't get me wrong, it gives me uppity, but I'm already like, uh, uppity. so... <laughs> So like, so it it made me still like uh, yeah. I was like I'm yeah. ready to party, but I couldn't yeah. focus. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? and that's the thing. It's like it's it's not. So if somebody grows the same sativa, you growing a sativa, and this other person's growing sativa. Let's say you growing Jack Herrera, and somebody else is growing Jack Herrera. It's not going to be the same terpene. It's not going to be the same percentages. It's not going right. to like how you grow it, how they grow it, where they grew it, how long it's how like. It, all right. those things matter. In Indoor, outdoor, organics, and that yes. is like a lot. <laughs> and so I think that's one of the things that we don't really um, talk about enough because people go expecting, okay, so I like a specific brand and I like to get, you know, certain strains from this brand. And then even I have to be like, this was good, but this wasn't like the last, the last batch. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, you right. know, it's like I came here looking for the same exact <laughs> experience. So I'm gonna need y'all to dial this in for the next batch, okay? Yeah, I do what I did. <laughs> I, went to, I was like that with this blueberry. It was like blueberry number four from this one particular company, uh -huh. and um, 
I went took it home. It was that and vanilla Kush. Like how mm. I fall in love with my vanilla Kush. It was those two strands. On the way home, I rolled up one. I was like, oh, this is nice. And then, you know, don't be coming for me, people. Yes. I had a driver. Somebody was driving me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, then when I got home, I tried the blueberry, and that was great. And so immediately the next day, I the same, it was the same batch. Like it was mm -hmm. nutrient enough. And I went and I was like, I'm gonna eat all of it. Whatever you yeah. have, I need yeah. all of it. Because I know the I next time too. I come in here, you're going too. to change it. And I'm gonna be so upset. So just let me get all of too. it. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Like so with one so most of the time we go to like the regular regular dispensary, you know. But then I have another one that does delivery and they're a smaller dispensary. So you can get like a gram or this, or that. like you can get smaller quantities. Right. So right. sometimes I just order like a sampler. I want to sample this, this, that, and the other. Right. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's eight o'clock at night. And this one was really good. And I mean, they're going to sell out of this. So I'm going to need to, like, I try to place my order in before they close or something like for, for that particular stream, because I liked it so much because I know they're going to sell out or it's going to be different. Um, like one strain that I really love for arousal is a dirty taxi. Dirty taxi, never heard of it. And I can't find it, you know, like, and so I've found like substitutes for it. Um, but it's not, it's not been that one, right? So when Let's this see about the hundred down. Let me see about yes, the yes. down See, but yeah, that dirty taxi, like I really love it. So and then these names. Why are these names? These names are so stupid. But anyway, so there. <laughs> Well, you know, I, this is why we have such a hard time even like presenting this in like the medical healthcare arena. Because I'm like, so then the dirty taxi train. I'm like, so the evidence showed that dirty taxi was really helpful for sexual arousal. They're like, dirty taxi, what is wrong? But yeah, I do the same thing. Like once I find a strain, I'm like, let's buy it all up, and then. Um, and then I feel, I hate to use the word desperate, but then I feel like I'm like hunting down, you know, <laughs> these strains. So, you know, the good thing is that my husband is willing to grow just about anything I can find that benefits me. Um, and I mean, I can grow it, but like, that's his thing. And I appreciate that that's his thing. Right. Um, and then, you know, we, we have, I live in California. I can go to the dispensary and buy clones off a shelf. Right. It is right. not... I don't discount that privilege. You know what I'm saying? Like, I right. know it's extreme privilege. I can walk in the store. It's like Lowe's. What plant do you want today? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, and, right. Um, but I will say that even with that, you know, growing is great. But again, if I, we didn't grow it the exact same way that the person right. we originally got the batch from, it's going to be a little bit different. And so it could be better. It could be worse. It could be whatever. So I have four women who grow right now that are, you know, amazing at, at what they're doing because they literally start, some of them started from seeds, some of them started from cones. Um, but we've been helping them kind of grow. One person is outdoor, one person, two people are indoors. Like we have all people all over. But the thing about it is, they're growing the same from the same clones, right? Like they're cloned from the same mother and they're totally different. different. Yeah. Totally different. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're not worse or better. It's just they're completely different, you know, um, effects when you consume them. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I appreciate you spending so much time with me. Oh my today. gosh. No, I'm having so much fun. Obviously, I can talk. 
Oh no, no, no. I'm not even done talking to you. We're not done. We're not done. I do have a question. I have two last questions. Yes, the go ahead. One. I'm here for you. The first question is for me on this journey that I'm on right now. What is the words of advice that you have for me in this space that we operate in? In the cannabis industry? Keep going. Keep going. There's so many roadblocks. You know, there's so many naysayers. And then there's also sometimes it can feel like everybody's doing the same thing you're doing. Um, but the truth is that there's something specific about you. There's something about what you have to offer that is needed. You know, when I don't know what my thing is, I don't know what it is that makes people want to tune in to what I have to say or give me their money to do a consultation, but it's something. And so, you know, every day I, I give gratitude you know, for that. I, I say thank you that I can be a vessel for, you know, and a conduit for this information um, and that I can help somebody. You know, COVID, COVID taught me a lot about why I'm here because I had people calling me, you know, in pain, depressed, anxious, you know, having long-term COVID symptoms. I mean, it's, it's a need for this information. And not everybody needs it to be presented in a, you know, the research study show, you know, like, right. you know, not everybody needs it in that way. Um, we need to be able to be our authentic self in this space, but also, you know, always being a guard. Like, I feel like our job is to be a keeper of the good information, you know, the right information. Like, <clears throat> I, I mean, I take that very, very seriously. If I misspeak, I'll even go and make a video and be like, okay, I misspoke. This is the real information. Here's the evidence. Here's the information, you know, because I want people to always be empowered and they can only be empowered when they can take this information and, sh you know, literally like, you know, have it in their hands and present it to their doctor or whoever it is, or speak to their husband intelligently about why they're making this decision or whatever it may be. So I feel like in this industry, it's like, keep going, keep being your real self because people need that, but keep it real and keep, you know, keep it factual. Like, I feel like a lot of times we, um, you know, we're so excited to put information out there that sometimes we can put the, you know, the cart in front of the horse, you know, but I right. feel like there's so many resources now for us to speak, you know, from a place of evidence and from a place of, um, you know, inf factual information that, um, you know, it's our job just to keep that going. Like, I feel like we're doing a good job. We just need to keep it going. And where can everyone find your podcast and where can they find you? So you can find me on all social media at The Kush Nurse. And my podcast is The Kush Nurse Podcast. And it's on Spotify, Apple, and all those other places that podcast stream. I'm supposed to know this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's okay, because guess what? It's in the B-Line, right down people. Hey. People see see below, below people. The information is right <laughs> here. Right there. You better go find her. But listen, you want some gems, you better go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, this was awesome. I really do feel like, you know, we just need to be having more conversation. The more people, you know, you said something earlier and then you were like, oh, I'm sorry, people. You know, I smoked in my car. You know, the truth is there's other people smoking in their car. It's not <laughs> something that we want to condone. Right. And we know like, hey, we know what it is, you know. But the truth is that people who smoke in their car now they're like, OK, that's my girl. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's like I feel like. Whatever your connection is to people, you know, keep that connection connection authentic. 
you know, obviously, you know, for me, I'm always trying to like minimize harm. So, you know, I'm always giving people advice on how to be, you know, how to smoke cannabis, you know, cleaner, how to consume cannabis in a cleaner way, how to better your life with cannabis, because I don't feel that cannabis is just medicine for, you know, a, a condition that's debilitating. I feel like cannabis can really help us, um, you know, tap into creative parts of our life and to other areas that we may not even have had access to because life is real. And sometimes we don't have time to, you know, connect with some of those parts of ourselves. So, you know, I definitely feel like we're in a good place now. Um, even though there's so much, you know, we're still working on legalization and all these things. Like I'm hoping that in my lifetime, <laughs> I'm going to see it. I know. I always saw my partner Ivory. I'm like, we're going to be sitting at the nursing home and them rocking chairs on the porch. We'll be like, Hey, God, wait, get it. <laughs> right. You know, like I told her, me and you in the nursing home, girl, we're gonna be sitting there talking about it. we did it. It's it's You're real right. now, you know. But <laughs> I'm hoping to see it in this lifetime. You know, I hope my daughter will know cannabis as medicine her whole life and you know that she'll never be um, you know, without access to this because you know, I see how it can help people, you know, every single day. I know how it helps me. So no, I know how it helps me. Yes, I know. I know. I'm walking billboard. Hey. Yes, <laughs> My last I love final it. question for yeah. you would be: If you could have your perfect sesh, mm. you got five people, dead or alive. Who's at this sesh? Five people. Five people. I want to have a fun sesh. So I feel like Seth Rogen. I don't know what it is about this man, but I cannot like listen. I can't even. <laughs> List. I can't even watch him without laughing. Like it's like nothing that he. He's just so funny, but he's also so goofy and down to earth. So I think that would definitely be a person. Um, you know, this is a dream and a hypothetical. I was my mom passed, but I feel like man, if I could just sit down with my mother. Oh my gosh, I'm like madre. If I could give you this gift, if I could give you this medicine. Um, she suffered with so many uh, mental health issues and chronic conditions. And, you know, every day it's like my dream and my goal is that more people will feel the benefits of cannabis so that they wouldn't have this kind of, you know, these kind of battles in their life. You know what I'm saying? So my mom would definitely be one of them. May she rest in peace. Although she's with me all my sessions because that's who I talk to, my mama. Um, oh, let's see. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, like I have... Um, there's seven of us siblings, right? So I have six other siblings. Um, and then there's five that are from my mom and dad. And I would love to really sit down like all together. So with my siblings um, okay. and consume cannabis, because I feel that cannabis is such a good connector. And it really is like a neutralizer. You know what I'm saying? It just brings people right. together. And I feel like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could find something that could bring us to this place where we could have these conversations that we've wanted to have all our lives um, about things that we experience, you know, we come from trauma, we come from, you know, a lot of craziness. Um, and it's hard to talk about those things for them. Some of them don't even remember, right? So what if we could all sit down and have this opportunity together to really um, dive deep into some of the things that have happened in our lives mm -hmm. and to form a new connection, um, you know, and also to see them in a place where 
there's no anxiety and there's no stress right. and there's, you know, like if I could give that benefit to my siblings, I will, I would, you know? And so that's something that is really near and dear to me is like literally like helping my family find peace and joy and health with cannabis. I will take it. I will take it. That's all I got. once again i do appreciate you spending your time with us today and guys if you like what you saw in this video make sure you hit the link and subscribe button at the bottom if you have any other ideas or people you like us to talk to just leave it in the description button and always remember people stay lifted hey